By the way, I hope if Sister uh, Diane Coates is listening, and Terry, we just want to tell you we love you and miss you and hope that everything continues to go well from your operation. And uh, just pray for them that her knee will get healed up real quick and everything will be fine that way. Um, Genesis tonight. Good to see everybody out. Appreciate everybody online tonight being with us. And let's pray that God will be honored tonight and glorified in the message. Lord, we pray before we preach tonight that, uh, Lord, you'd wash me and cleanse me. Lord, I'm a sorry, a wicked. Uh, Lord, I should have been in hell. But God, you've found mercy at the cross. And I thank you for that. Lord, based upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ and in his holy name, I ask you to help me to preach in a way tonight to glorify your holy name and help these people and aggravate the devil. And I pray, God, tonight that folks will be saved. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you help us, Lord, to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and, Lord, to lay hold on that which you provided for us. God, help me to preach tonight. I need the power of the Holy Ghost to preach in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, in Genesis tonight, chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 21, the Bible says there, uh, and God created great whales and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, every winged fowl after his kind. I, I want you to go to Genesis chapter 9 right now. Just flip over Genesis chapter 9. God had told Adam and Eve, said, uh, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And I know you people believe in that. I'm <laughs> just going on, silly, amen. Amen. Just well smile and have a good time tonight, amen. And that God bless Noah. Chapter 9 of Genesis, God bless Noah, said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. And uh, then if you get into verse number 7, you'll find that he said, In you be fruitful and multiply and bring forth how? Abundantly. Uh, I want to preach on our abundant God tonight. I don't tell you what, I'm just going to let, you know, I'm sometimes you just need to back off and have a hallelujah shouting time and enjoy your salvation. I believe in enjoying my salvation. I'm not enduring, I'm enjoying. Yep, man. And I'll tell you something tonight, we need to have, we need to understand something. We got an abundant God. Years ago, Brother Danny Douglas and Dean Martin and I went to Russia and we went over and we thought we'd go get something to eat at the supermarket. We went out to the supermarket and boy, I'm going to tell you one thing, I had to walk 50 feet before I got to anything that was on the shelf. I'm talking about empty shelves. Then when you got to the green beans, there's only one kind and there's three of those maybe. And there was no abundance there. Boy, I got to think about how blessed we are here in America to have abundance, you know. And I'll tell you about God when, you know, God made all the seed. And did you ever realize you plant one corn, one seed of corn, and that booger will come up out of the ground and it'll have like maybe two or three ears on it, you know. And how many seeds has that got on it? You know what? God likes abundance. Amen. And we're going to find out tonight that God is an abundance of God. Now, God don't put his sheep on short pickings. God puts them in green pastures. That's what the Bible said. Amen. He maketh me to lie down, not in burned up grass, not, not in short pickings, but he said, may lay down in green pastures beside the still waters. He, God's got plenty. Amen. And I'll tell you what the devil's going to do. Now, you listen to me. One of the deals that Satan got Eve with was making her think that God was not an abundant God, that God hadn't provided everything she needed. And he lied to her about that. You better be careful now. And I need to be careful that we don't listen to that little old voice of the devil telling you that, boy, God's really just barely, he's just barely getting you by, barely getting you along. 
God ain't barely getting you along. Amen. Amen. God's an abundant God. Uh, I remember thinking over in Second uh, Kings chapter 6. Why don't you turn over Second Kings chapter 6? It's an amazing story and it's got so many levels of truth in it. But it's amazing. There was a famine in the land that they were under siege. And uh, oh, Elisha the prophet was there in chapter 6. Boy, I'll tell you, things were bad. And you get into verse number 24 and I want you to listen. If you think you've ever had it tough, Boy, watch this one here. They had a siege on Samaria. And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts, went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until, and as his head was sold for 40, for fourscore pieces of silver. You could have 80 pieces of silver. And I don't know how much each piece of silver was, but you could buy a donkey's head. Cost you 80 pieces of silver. That been pretty short. You think it's that bad? Look at the next thing. And a fourth part of a cab of dove dung for five pieces of silver. Woo! Tight pickings around that house. Amen. I tell you, when you're selling dove manure for silver, you're in bad shape. Oh, you'll loosen up. Some of you need to get saved. You just. Amen. Some of you need to just get a little joy of the Lord in you. Amen. But, but you know what's funny? Oh, God, God had someone teach it. Now, there was happened to be, and you go on that deal, and you find out that uh, Elisha come in, and he prophesied. Well, I'll show you how bad it was. Look at verse number uh, 26. And the king of Israel was passed by upon the wall to cry to a woman unto him and said, Help, my Lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, when shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? You know what he's saying? Empty. Right. And the king said unto her, what aileth thee? Now you used to hear old timers here in the Ozarks say that. What's, you, what's ailing you? Yeah. Even if you went to the doctor, the doctor would say, what's, you, what's ailing you? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Sometimes I want to ask that from the pulpit. What's ailing you? Amen. <laughs> and the king said unto her, what aileth thee? And she answered, this woman said unto me, give thy son that we may eat him today. Yeah. It was so hungered in there. Nothing to eat. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When you're paying 80 pieces of silver for a donkey's head to eat, and you're paying whatever a cab is, a fourth part of a cab for dove dung, you're hungry. And these people were under siege. And this woman said, give me thy son that we may eat him today, and we'll eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son. I'm going to tell you something. This is a picture of how the devil will put you on short pickings. The devil's the one that'll starve you out. He's the one that don't have nothing. He's the one that won't provide your need. And uh, I said unto her on the next day, so we boiled my son, did eat him. I said to her next day, give me thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. It came to pass when king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes, passed upon the wall, and people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within, his, upon his, within upon his flesh. And then he said, Go do so, God do so, and more to me, also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. Isn't that amazing? He got mad at the man of God. Got mad at the man of God because people was eating each other. Because they didn't have nothing to eat. I, I'd like to preach on that one, but I ain't going to preach on that one. <laughs> Uh, but Elisha sat in his house, verse 32, and the elders sat with him, and the king sent a man from before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, See how this son of a murderer has sent to take away mine head. He knew before he got there what was going on. But I want to take you to the short story that you're going down through. You find out there's four lepers sitting, uh, sitting out there outside of that city gate. And they're starving. And they said, We're just going to sit here and die. I don't ask you a question now. You're just going to sit here in church and die? 
You're just going to live your life in a, in a, in a, in a spiritual death, drought all your life? Well, they're sitting there on the outside, lepers, and they said, we're hungry. Said, well, let's just go out to the Syrians because said, if we go inside the city, we're sure going to die. They ain't got nothing to eat. Said, let's just go to them Assyrians that's got camp time. Said, all they can do is kill us. But they might give us something to eat. Well, in the meantime, God caused the Assyrians to get scared and they fled out. And they left everything. It left everything. All kinds of food and everything. And then four lepers walked into the Assyrians camp and laid alive. They started grabbing gold and silver and food and eating everything. They were eating and hiding and they digging holes and hiding gold and silver. And they were having themselves a blast. And then they said, we don't do well. Said so everybody in town's starving to death. Said, let's go back and tell them there's plenty of food out here. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, found, I, I, I was a leper. I was a sinner. And I said, if I go back to the world, they go, there ain't nothing there. So I'm going to go. And I'll tell you something, God had more than I could, God's always had more than I could have. God is an abundant God. And the next thing you know, the whole cities went out there and they got more than they can eat. And it happened, it swung just like that. I'm going to tell you something, Sonny. We've been doing a lot of stuff here at this church for the last two or three years. And I tell you what, I don't like to build, I don't like to build, I don't like to build. We've been building, 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 but I don't like to build. But God has provided everything we need ahead of time. Amen. Amen. And I want to say to you this morning, I, I'm trying to get to the point of my message. Remember the widow's all said, I'm going to go in here and we're going to, you know, and Elijah said, you go get all the vessels you can get together. Boy, I mean, filled them up, said, you sell that, live off of that. And it never did run out. God's in the bunch. You know where God knows where all the gold's at? God knows where the, all the oil's at. God knows where it's all at. And I want to tell you something tonight. God is an abundant God. We're going to talk about the type of the abundance of, you remember Joseph down in Egypt? Gathered the storehouses up. I want to tell you something. I just want you to get this in your mind tonight that God is a God of abundance, not of just barely making it by. And I'm not just talking about money tonight at all. That's not even my subject. The real riches that you and I need is the spiritual riches of God Almighty. So tonight, put up on the board 1 Peter chapter 3 tonight. 1 Peter chapter 3, or chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 tonight. And I want you to look at the first thing. God is abundant. Now, by the way, what does abundant mean? That's right, it's overflowing, amen. Can't hold it all. I mean, is it coming out? Do you know how you minister? Do you know, did you know in the ministry how you minister to anybody? You minister out of the overflow. Amen. You got to get so full of God and so full of the word of God and so full of the love of God, it just boils out on you. Amen. amen. You, I'm, I'm telling you, God works out of the overflow. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3. The Bible said, Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his what? Abundant mercy. You know what that means? He got more mercy than you need. He has abundant mercy, hath begotten us again. Now there's talking about your salvation. That's a man that's been born again unto a lively hope. Amen. Lively hope. Not just dead hope, a lively hope. I don't like dead churches. Amen. I'm not going to a dead church. I'm not going, I'm not going to leave. I may go, but I won't stay. If they either going to resurrect or I'm out of there, I don't like living in a cemetery. And the Bible said, begotten us again a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And it goes on down through there talking about to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, faith not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God. And God says there that I have abundant mercy. I'll tell you what the Bible said. His mercy is new every morning. There's a song, the love of God. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write 
height the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I want you to get something this morning. God is abundant in mercy and David knew that David experienced this. I'm telling you, sometimes you may live your life and you think, well, God's done with me and God will never forgive me for that and God won't have mercy on me about that. That's not true. God's new mercy is new every morning of your life. Amen. God's mercy is new. Amen. David in the Psalm 136, I believe it's 26 times in one Psalm that it says his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. Why do you think David wrote that? David had had a man killed. David stole another man's wife. David did all kinds of filthy things and yet he knew the mercy of Almighty God. Amen. By the way, let me say something to you tonight. That's how you get saved. You don't get saved by turning over a new leaf and doing better. You get saved by mercy. You're guilty before Almighty God and the mercy of God. And I want you to know, I don't want any young person growing up in this church. I want to tell you something. I pray to God you don't get out. I pray you don't go stupid. I pray you don't go crazy. But I want to tell you something right now. The mercy of God endureth forever. Amen. And if his mercy didn't endure forever, you wouldn't be saved forever. His mercy endureth forever. Amen. You ain't sinned too much. If you're listening online or listening to this message later, you ain't been in the hole too deep. You ain't been in a place too dark. God's mercy reaches down to the lowest, to the deepest, to the darkest, to the filthiest, to the vilest. And God's mercy, if it wasn't for God's mercy, we'd all be in hell tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, there's mercy for the lost, but there's mercy for the children of God. Amen. I'll tell you, every morning I wake up, I'll tell you, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not living on how good I'm doing. If I was doing that, I just would have get me a summer shirt on and a fan in my hand because I'm headed to a hotter climate. But bless God, every morning my life and every day of my life, right now I'm living by the mercy of Almighty God. God is teaching me something. God is teaching me something. He's teaching me all about, oh yeah, you can have standards here and standards there and standards everywhere. But mercy, if we're not careful, we get proud about our standards and proud about our convictions. I want to tell you something right now. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I'm chief of sinners, amen. And I need the mercy of Almighty God. Number two tonight, he's not only abundant in mercy, but Isaiah 55 and verse 6 and 7. I want you to put that up. Isaiah 55 and verse number 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And number two, to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. God don't just, he, he, his mercy is abundant. You can't drink up the mercy of God. You can't use it up. It ain't coming in on electric line. Nope. His mercy is abundant. Yes. He's got all the mercy we'll ever need. Amen. But his pardon is abundant. Yes. I'll tell you what, people's pardon aren't isn't abundant. I'll forgive you if you forgive me. That's not abundant pardon. You know what pardon is? Pardon is a forgiveness and the release of the offense by the offended party and the proper authority. I tell you, when God pardons you, he pardons you, amen. And it's an abundant pardon. He ain't dragging you back into court for the same offense, amen. If God saves you, he saves you to the uttermost. His, his, I'll tell you what you ought to do. You ought to have yourself an old, old Holy Ghost shouting spell. Just saying, God, I thank you for your abundant mercy. God, I thank you for your abundant pardon. I'll tell you, if God didn't 
have abundance. You don't think about the, the sin and the filth and the vileness and the wickedness of this world tonight. If God hadn't been abundant, pardon me, I'm telling you something, I'd be in trouble tonight. But I'm glad he's not about to run out. Amen. I'm glad it didn't go down to the store and he says, I, oh, I'm out of pardon today. Hey, I'm glad I didn't go down to the grocery store and open the door and he says, there ain't no mercy left on the shelf. You never got up a day in your life, but what there wasn't mercy and pardon on the shelf of God's storehouse. Amen. God's storehouse never gets, never gets low on the supply. But I'm just going to go to house if y'all ain't no more excited than that. I'll tell you something right now. You know what? We're too earthly centered. I want to read you something tonight. You listen to this. Mercy. Abundance comes with, with, with sanctification. Now listen to me. At salvation, God takes the believer out of the world. But in sanctification, he takes the world out of the believer. I want to tell you what's wrong with the church today. We quit believing in sanctification. And sanctification is not salvation. Sanctification is a work of the Holy Ghost in you after you're saved that takes you out of this, that takes the world out of you. When God saves you, he takes you out of the world. But when he sanctifies you, but nobody, everybody wants to be saved and, and take and be able to go to heaven, but nobody wants the world taken out of their heart. That's straight preaching right there, I will tell you. Not only that, but at, at salvation. God, you makes us a babe in Christ, but sanctification, he makes you a soldier of the cross. Yes. Are you getting this? Yes. Salvation, you get peace with God. In sanctification, you get the peace of God. In salvation, you get converted, but in sanctification, you're a conqueror. I'll tell you what this church needs an old time Holy Ghost movement of sanctification where we let God reach down in our old wicked soul and take rip the world right out of us Amen. Amen. I'll tell you God abundantly pardons let the wicked forsake his way that means there's no more charge against you Randy did you know when God saved you he abundantly pardoned you the devil may drag your uh, the rags of my past sin up every night I may try to get up in the morning he'll drag my sin up like a dog dragging a bone back in the yard. But I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost throws it back out and said he's abundantly parted. Amen. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. My sins are gone into the deepest part of the sea and I'm abundantly parted. I'm telling you, if you'll get this, you'll live happier. You live, it makes me wonder why people don't have the joy of the Lord. Amen. It's because they do not. Listen, if you walk into a store and ain't nothing there, I don't blame you for being disgusted. But if I walk in the store and there's not, and they got more stuff there than you can put on the shelf. Brother Dennis Martin sent me a text this week. He said, Walmart's been listening to you preach. And there's a picture of RC Colas stacked up in that store. Amen. <laughs> huh? And moon pies too. Boy, they have been listening to me preach. Well, anyway, I'm going to tell you, I'm glad I got a God who has a storehouse. It's a storehouse of mercy. It's a storehouse of pardon. And it's all abundant. There's more than you can take. Amen. I'll tell you, number three is the abundant grace. Go to Romans chapter five and verse number 17. Romans chapter five and verse number 17. Boy, I'll tell you something. I was a happy in God. I can't understand it. Never gets full of God. Amen. Abundant. Amen. I like, I'll tell you something like right now. I like an ice cream container. I don't like to pull the lid off and it's already half gone. I'll tell, I'll tell you what I like is when I pull that ice cream container out of that refrigerator of ours, Brother Dean, and it's just got a little bit to the bottom. I said, my land's, we're about out of ice cream. 
Karen says there's more downstairs in the freezer. I like that. Amen. It's abundant pardon. It's abundant mercy. It's abundant grace. Look at Romans chapter 5 and look at verse number 17. If you, verse number 17. The Bible said in verse number 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, much more, much more, much more shall will they which receive abundance of grace. God has abundance of grace, has abundance of mercy, abundance of pardon and abundance of grace. He's got all the grace you're going to need from here to glory land. He's got all the grace you're going to need from here through eternity. Amen. God's grace. He said, we're sin abounded. Grace did much more bound. Amen. I'll tell you something. I'm glad God, there's greater grace than my sin. Wonderful grace of Jesus. Greater than all my sin. Amen. Bless God. I'll tell you what, you bunch of Presbyterian Episcopalian cross-ups. I don't know what you are. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you what. We ought to shout. We ought to praise God. We ought to thank God. I'll tell you what. We ought to get up and want to say, bless God. There's abundant mercy. There's enough of the mercy. There's enough pardon. There's enough grace for me to make it another day. Amen. And God, oh, God's about out of grace. Run down there to store. God ain't out of grace. Amen. God's got grace to take you through. God's got, I'll tell you something. I've been preaching 40 years and I can tell you without doubt tonight that I would not be here were it not for the grace of God. Amen. God has given me grace Sunday by Sunday. I've left out of here defeated, discouraged, and say, God, they'd be better off if I was gone and get on the and get to looking for a piece of property in Montana. And I'll tell you by the by, by Monday afternoon, God just said, Whoop, whoop, here's a big old bucket of grace. And every week God just pours a bucket of grace down inside my soul. And I say, Lord, I don't know why I'm so wicked, I'm so sorry, I'm so low down. I said that that's why that's why I'm God and you're not, amen. Oh, you listen to me. God's got abundant grace. God's got abundant grace. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, amen. Abundant, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want you to look at verse number 15. Verse number 4, number 15. For all things are for your sakes. Woo! That the abundant grace, there's enough grace, amen. I tell you tonight, young person, there's enough grace for you to live for God. Mom and daddy, there's enough grace for you to stay together. There's enough grace for you to endure. I tell you, Hi, you may not like him. I know he's sorry and low down, but I like Danny Douglas. <laughs> and Danny, I'm going to tell you something. It took grace to go through what you went through. It took grace. Boy, I tell you what, if he ever got up and testified the real deeper challenges of life that he had in those 20 years, you'd understand. And I'll tell you what I think about that a lot of times. And I think, God, help, you gave Danny grace. You know what? God gives grace to the humble. I'll tell you, God gives more grace. I'm telling you, where, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. He said, for the abundant grace that might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. It's like taking a basketball, throwing it on here, and it goes up and drops in the hoop, amen. God says, when you have abundant grace, he said, what it'll do in your life, God will get glory because it's not your works. It's not your righteousness. It's not your goodness. And just do what the apostle Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. You don't talk about how good you are and that redounds to the glory of God and you say it was God that kept me. It was God that saved me. It was God that took me through. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, well, well. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8. Look at this. 
and God is able to make all grace abound to you. I'll tell you what I like. I like to see deer jump. How they walk up to a big old barbed wire fence and they're down in the ditch and you're standing there and you're thinking, nope. man, how are they ever going to get over that sucker? <laughs> and all of a sudden he goes, yep. right over. Yeah. That's the way you ought to live your Christian life. Amen. How the devil puts a barbed wire fence in front of you yeah. and you wonder how you're going to get through this and how you're going to make it here and how you're going to make it there. And the grace of God just, whoo, up and over the fence you go, amen. Yeah. I want to tell you something tonight. I love to preach on grace. I love grace, amen. Somebody says you preach your works. No, I don't preach works for salvation. I preach works after you're saved, amen. I want to tell you what God has. God has abundant grace. God has believing grace. God has battling grace. God has consecrating grace. God has delivering grace. God has everlasting grace. God has full grace. God has forever grace. God has free grace. God has forgiven grace. God has great grace. God has helping grace. God has illustrious grace. God has inviting grace. God has justifying grace. God has keeping grace. God has loving grace. God has living grace. God has manifold grace. God has never ending grace. God has overcoming grace. God has persevering grace. God has quickening grace. And don't quit grace. And God has resting grace. And God has real grace. And God has resurrection grace. And God has saving grace. And sanctifying grace. And serving grace. And God has triumphant grace. And testing grace. And grace for your temptations. And God has undeserved grace. He has unifying grace. He has victorious grace. He has wonderful grace. He has excellent grace. And he has extra grace. And he has yielding grace. And he has zeal for tomorrow. Amen. Well, I'll tell you something. God's got grace. Amen. He's got abundance grace. You ain't even, you ain't even dipped your finger in the, in the, in the pond yet. Amen. Beloved, we're gathered here today. I don't preach like that. That's okay if you do, but I don't. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to Titus chapter three. I want to show you something. Now, I'll tell you something. I'm preaching way above my living level. Do you understand that? Every preacher does if you just be honest about it. You can't preach this Bible and not preach above your living level. But just because I don't measure up to all of it don't mean it ain't real and don't need to be preached. Amen. And as long as I don't act like I'm better than you are, I can preach it. Titus chapter 3, look at verse number 5 and 6. The Bible said, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now I want to tell you, watch this, verse 6, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the word? All is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brother, I'm going to tell you something. God says, I'm going to shed upon you abundance of the Holy Ghost of God. Now, some of you is afraid of that. You just want to be saved and that's it. (laughs) And you don't want God to so get a hold of you that you'd lose friends and family over it. You'd lose a job over it. I want to tell you something. The Bible said he wants to give us the fullness and the abundance of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. That's a command. There's enough for everybody. Hey, the Pentecostals ain't got it all. 
<laughs> they, ain't got, they ain't got a monopoly on the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'll tell you something right now. You know what every church needs? It needs an abundance of the Holy Ghost of God upon that church. Let me tell you, without an abundance of the Holy Spirit upon a church, there will not be conviction of sin. There will not be the saving of souls. There will not be the protection of the family. There will not be the power of God to lead us and direct us and guide us. Even the preaching of the word without the shedding of the abundance of the Holy Ghost will become dull and dry to you. Abundance of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is the sap which comes up into the plant, which bears the fruit. I want to tell you something. You ain't getting no apples unless that sap comes up through that tree. And the sap is a picture of the Holy Ghost of God coming from an unseen source. And out comes love and joy and peace and goodness and gentleness and temperance and long-suffering. Amen. And the fruit of the Spirit because the sap's coming up. I'm going to tell you something right now. Most of us is trying to manufacture what God only can do and make. Amen. And churches are, by the way, can I just tell you poor Pentecostals, you got to cheerlead your service up because most of the time you ain't really got the Holy Ghost, you got a religious substitute for it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's right. I ain't trying to be ornery. But I'm going to tell you right now, just because, hey, I'm going to tell you something right now. You listen to me. We got, we boys had cattle. And I'll tell you what, you get in the middle of time, Brett, and I know you know what I'm talking about. I'll tell you, snow's on, ice is on. And the cattle's hungry, and boy, I get on my old pickup truck. Loaded up with three or four bales, Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, Jerry, and come out there and honk my horn and slap the side of it. Woo! Come on, suck, suck, suck. And man, how many of you ever seen a bunch of cows come over the hill? Boy, I mean, here they come. They heard that pickup. And I got my hay and I got my truck and I got my horn. Honk, honk. Woo! Come on, suck, suck. And I tell you, I can get them cows worked up. Oh, they're worked up. And they're flopping their tails and they're running here and there. Oh, they're really worked up and drive right out of that field and never feed them nothing. <laughs> That's a lot of church business these days. Yeah. Well, we're going to turn the lights down and we're going to get the smoke rolling and we're going to get the drums a beating and we're going to get the bass guitar going and we're going to walk And we're going to have cows running all over the farm. Not feed them nothing. Not feed them nothing. All we want to do is get an emotional stir. Yeah, man. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost. First thing you need to know, the first principle of the doctrine of the Holy Spirit is, after that you know that he's God Almighty, is he's holy. And a move of the Holy Ghost that does not produce holiness is not the Holy Ghost. It'll make you talk right, spit right, think right, talk right, put some clothes on. Look like a man if you're a man and look like a woman if you're a woman. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, I like making the devil mad. Amen. Well, to have church services do it. If we don't do nothing else, let's make the devil mad at least. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, the move of the Holy Spirit will produce purity in your life. It'll make you pay your bills. Mm. Might even make you go back and tell somebody you're sorry the way you talk to them. Ask them to forgive you. Mm. Might make some of you women quit bossing your husband around. Mm. Might make some of you husbands start providing for your wife and quit making her make a living. You low down lazy thing. 
Yes, sir. Holy Ghost ever get a hold of you? It ain't about babbling and falling in the floor. No, sir. It's about you standing up straight, walking right. That's what the work of the Holy Ghost will do. Make you pay your bills and quit your lying and your cheating. Might even make you quit dipping snuff. Amen. Might even get you to church. Reckon? I'm so sick of the substitutionary work of the Holy Ghost in this land. Makes me want to vomit. I'll tell you what. Make you love people too. Yes, sir. Amen. I can stand a good dose of that. Amen. It'll make the husband love the wife, the wife be in submission, and the children obey. Well, we've got to move on. Psalms chapter 37, verse number 11. We found out that God has an abundant mercy. He's got abundant pardon, abundant grace, and abundance of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, God ain't out. There's plenty of cans on the shelf. Amen. Amen. God filled me with the Holy Spirit of God. I tell you what, I, you know what we got? It's honest truth. Just listen to it, please. We got seminars and this, about this and about that and about this and about that. And we're going to have all these deals. You can go over here and do this and that. When all the time, all you got to do is just get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let God t- and just start doing what God said to do start with. I mean, it ain't complicated. God said, beware for the simplicity that's in Christ. Oh, honey. We need to go to a counselor. No, you don't. You need to get to the altar and you need to get right with her. I tell you what I like. If I was a judge, you better pray I never get elected judge in this county. Because everybody come into my courtroom wanting a divorce. I said, all right. We're going to lock you two up in the jail cell together for 30 days. Find out if you really want a divorce or not. You know, within a week, they'd be saying, judge, please let us out. We're going to get along. There ain't going to be no divorce. That's the truth. You need a heart change. That is only done by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Boy, it's bad when you got amen your own preaching in it, Caleb. I'm going to tell you something right now. I tell you, I'm glad I serve an abundant God. I want you kids to know something. God ain't, God ain't up there. Oh, my goodness. I ain't got. He take care of you. Me and Karen have been married 46 years. He's took care of us. He's took care of us. But Psalm 37, verse number 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You see us hillbillies, we, like, we do like those hammocks. And we do like, our, do like our wives cooking while we're sleeping. <laughs> I'm going on crazy. But I'm telling you something. God will give you peace. He's got abundant peace. I'm going to tell you something. You don't need pills. You need God's peace. You need God's peace. I, I want to plead with you tonight. If you say, man, I tell you, I'm terminal. I know what I'm talking about. Everything I preach about, I've used and been through it before I got up here. I want to tell you right now, I need peace and you need peace and God ain't short on it. God's got plenty of peace in his storehouse. God wants you to have the peace of God and peace with God. God wants you to have peace with your own heart, peace in your own mind. In the storms of life, he wants you to have peace and he has abundance of peace. Their Bible said they shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Go to Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number six, if you will, boys. Jeremiah 33 and verse number six. The Bible said, Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and will cure them, revealing unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Did you know the Bible talks about having peace like a river? Did you know the Bible talks about abundant peace? I want you to know tonight that God has peace. You say, Reggie, I'll tell you what, if you knew what's going on in my world, they ain't no, I just can't have no peace. I'm here to tell you tonight, I didn't come to church just to go through, I'm, this ain't the lodge. Amen. This is not the elks and the, and the monkeys or whoever. This is the church of the living God. Amen. And God wants to give his people peace. Yes. 
Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. God doesn't want my mind tormented night and day about situations and what people are doing or saying. God wants me to have peace in the midst of the storm. I want you people to have peace and abundance of it. You can't do no good for God if you're in turmoil all the time. I want you to give you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 2. I'm going to get going. We've got to get going. Bonanza is going to be on here in just a little bit. <laughs> I tell you, I wouldn't give you two cents for your best TV. Some of you guys got them great big TVs up on the wall. Why don't you take a shotgun, blow that thing out of your house? You know why some of you don't have peace? You're watching too much of that filth. To watch a TV is just as bad spiritually as you putting, getting out to the lagoon and that pipe coming out of the lagoon. That's all you're doing is eating and drinking out of the sewage pipe of hell. Ain't no wonder you got no priest. Oh, good land. Did you hear what Biden did? Oh, my mercy. I can't sleep tonight of what Biden did. Oh, my goodness. Did you hear what Congress did yesterday? Oh, my good sakes alive. Did you know about the hurricane down there? Did, oh, my land of living. I tell you, I'm about to go crazy. Yeah. 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 It's idiocy. Where's the peace? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know some funny thought run through my mind just now? They'd probably some boy sitting out there, God's going to call to preach, and he's going, Lord, I could never be that crazy. (laughs) You don't have to be like me. Don't don't want to be like me. I wouldn't want you to be like me. I can't hardly live with myself. Amen. Hey, you just be who God made you to be. Amen. That's right. Well, look at 2 Corinthians 8, 2. How that in the great trial of affliction, the abundance of what? Their joy. Their joy. Woo! Joy. Oh, well, I went to church last week, but they was just about out. I stood in line for three hours for a pint of joy, and there wasn't none there after I got done waiting in line. <laughs> You're going, you're going to the wrong source for it. Amen. God's got abundance of joy. I'll tell you something. My daughter Hannah's not here tonight, but all she used to make me mad. And if you're watching, I'm still mad. Every morning of her life. How many's ever got up? Karen used to say, is Reggie up yet? No, I ain't grumpy up yet. I mean, you get up in the morning, I'm telling you what, you do. Don't nobody talk to me for 30 minutes. I ain't had my coffee. How many? I ain't had my coffee yet. Leave me alone. <laughs> Every morning of my life, Brother Phil, we'd be, I'd be in there and here comes Hannah downstairs. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Morning. <laughs> what are you laughing about? What do you got to be happy about? <laughs> Pitiful. But I want to tell you something. The joy of the Lord, your strength. My wife's favorite verse is Psalm 1611. Had fullness of joy. If thy right hand or fullness of joy, amen. Hey, some of you in business, did you know you ain't going to attract people to your business going, boy, I tell you, it's bad, ain't it? I'll tell you what, I ain't been happy in three years. I'll tell you, you know why people, you know, did you know even in church, I mean, a lost man don't want to come to church. He's got enough misery without coming to the church of the first misery crowd. <laughs> I'll tell you what they'll do. They walk through that church. They're looking for hope. They're looking for joy. They walk in the average church in this country. And, How you doing today? 
Well, I'll tell you what I've got. You ought to look at my toe. Let me show you my toe. I mean, I'd rather not. You know, you'd rather not look at my toe. Oh, I had a neck ache last night. Lots of killed me. I'll tell you what. You know, they had a bank run down there in California. I think we're all going to go under, don't you? People are drawn to joy. God knows it. Be joyful in the Lord. It's a fruit of the Spirit, amen. You can't buy it nowhere. God gives it through the Holy Ghost of God and produces joy in your life. Now listen, when I get home, I shut off my preacher machine. I'll be back to my regular self, honey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> some of you, you know why some of you ain't getting happy tonight? Because you know your wife would think you was fake. <laughs> Reminds me, it reminds me of old brother Ronnie Simpson. He said he, he hadn't been saved very long, but he said, man, God saved me. He said, I, he said, I answered a call to preach. He said, I was so full of the fire of God. And he said, man, we had an old time hellfire and brimstone Bible preacher. And he said he'd get up there and preach against miniskirts and, and chrome hubcaps and everything. <laughs> and he said, he just preached against everything. And he said, I'd jump about my mama. He said, amen, preacher, preacher, preacher. And the preacher get up there and say, some of you still are sucking on those cigarettes. You ain't nothing but a sucker. And he say, amen. <laughs> he said my he said my wife would elbow me and say what's the matter big boy won't you shout he's preaching on your cigarettes <laughs> did you know <laughs> he said kind of like Billy Sunday said preachers like petting the cat you, if your cat's not turned right, it'll, the fur will fly. <laughs> but if you turn the cat around, repent, and get right with God, it'll just purr. Everything will be fine, amen. But he said, when he got to preaching on my preaching, I didn't like that no more. That took the amen out of me. And I'm going to tell you what happens is we say, well, you know, if I'm quiet during the happy time, quiet during the sad time, I'll never get caught in my hypocrisy. <laughs> Come on. Amen. There are no empty shells in God's storehouse. There's fullness of joy. In Exodus chapter 34 and verse number six, I'm going to, we're going to run past this because it's just the truth. But he said his goodness and his truth is abundant. God's abundant with goodness. Isn't God good? Man, I tell you, God's been good. Amen. I mean, good, 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 good. Amen. He didn't do her and do her all the time too. Amen. So boy said, he said, it didn't do her, do her and do her. Don't tell me and took her after a while. <laughs> I always like to think the old boy got saved and he was sitting there for two or three weeks and he had no, you know, this down in the south and they had those shouters, you know, and the boy got, hey man, preach it, preacher. And hallelujah. Bless God Almighty. And boy, one day he jumped up and said, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> he didn't know to say hallelujah. He said, hot dog. <laughs> say something, amen. <laughs> go to Proverbs twenty-eight twenty. We'll get to it after a while. Proverbs 20, I want to show you something God's abundant in. A faithful man shall abound, look at that, with blessings. When upon life's billows your tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Boy, I'm going to tell you something right now. I got blessings around me, above me, below me, about around me. But you know what the devil will try to do? He'll try to get me to doing this. And he'll get his fingers over my face where I can't see my blessings good. 
God is abundant in blessings. Amen. And John chapter 10, verse number 10, you can put that up there. Oh, I'm going to show you something right here. I'm going to show you something. He said he begot us again into a lively hope. I want you to look at this. John chapter 10, verse 9. The thief cometh not for to steal. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your faith. He wants to steal the reality of Christ away from you. And to destroy. I'm come that they might have life. Bless God, that's good. What kind of life did he give you? Come on. Come on. Come on. Eternal life. Woo! Make that all make you jump the pew. Amen. That means you saved forever. Amen. He saved you to the uttermost. He said, I came to give him life. He came up from the dead a week from Sunday, Sunday's resurrection Sunday. And it's our 40th year at this church. If you don't think I ain't happy that I made it this far, you're kidding yourself. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you something. Listen, God gives life. He said, and watch this. And that they might have it more abundantly. God ain't saying, now keep it down. <laughs> Don't be too happy about being saved and having eternal life now. You let them folks at the ball game have their spells and fit, but you keep it down. Abundant. God says abundant life. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I've had my share of trials. I've got griefs. I've got sorrows. But I'm going to tell you something. I've got abundant life. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what. You know what made my life abundant? Was getting saved and surrendering to God. Yeah. That's what made my life abundant. My, my life is so full, I can't hardly get it all in. Amen. Yeah. I mean, to tell you the honest truth about it is, I mean, I get to live in the Ozarks. Yeah. I mean, just think you could be sitting on a street in St. Louis this morning. I mean, you could, be, you could be down on the beach in Florida. Wouldn't that be pitiful? I just thought I'd run that by you. Huh? I'll tell you what, boy, I'm going to tell you what. I'm, I, I, I'm saved. i got a beautiful, wonderful wife. Way more, way more. She's a thousand times the wife I should have ever had. I'm blessed every day. Abundant life God gave me. God let me preach the word of God. You talk about, I'm having more fun than a barrel of monkeys. Do you, did you, can you pick that up that I enjoy preaching? Do you understand? I, I might be our lake. If they wouldn't pay me, I'd pay them. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. It's abundant. You know what made it abundant? This book is abundant. Amen. You get to look at this book. And I mean, you can't hardly get it all. I mean, it just flows out and flows over. And I'll tell you what, the blessings of God. And I look back to the years in this morning, uh, sister, uh, brother, uh, David, uh, Klaus and I and his wife are talking about all the people that's gone on to be with the Lord. And I can still see brother Jim sitting right here. Amen. And giving me that look. Let him have it, Reggie. I'm with you all the way. Give after buddy. And I remember seeing brother Forrest Lovelace sit right where you're sitting and his wife. And, and then I remember uh, sister Williams who jiggled like jelly. Jello. How many remember Sister J- Williams? She jiggled like Jello. I mean, she was a little bit on the heavier side, you know. Okay, and she had the sweetest smile you ever seen in your life. She had that joy of the Lord. It just bubbled out of her, and it just bounced out of her. Amen. And I remember all those people. I remember my daddy sitting right back there every Sunday morning, telling me, "Son, I'm still with you. I'm praying for you, and give God give you grace." I remember tasting there's people went on. Don't taste something. God's blessed me with people that I would never have known, and seeing people saved, and seeing the work of God, and getting to aggravate the devil. That's the fun of it. Amen. I want to tell you something. God, give me an abundant life. I'm just being honest with you. That's why I always say, somebody says, Reggie, how you doing? I say, way better than I deserve. I got a nice house out there. I don't deserve it. I got a wonderful farm. I can walk back there in the woods, see deer and turkey. 
sit down on a rock. I'd rather have that in the whole city of St. Louis. I can walk down there to the creek and there's spring coming out of the ground, bubbly, bubbly, bubbly. I can fall down on my bed and drink some of that. I can stop at a log and say, Lord, I just came out here to talk to you today. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. And the joy we share while we tarry there, none of us has ever known. But I want to tell you something. I, I'm so blessed, Jerry. It's up one side and down the other. Amen. I tell you what, I'm talking about abundance of blessings of Almighty God. Well, in Psalms 36, now believe it or not, the airplane is circling over the airport. Believe it or not. <laughs> I tell you what, I figured, I figured the next, I figured this morning somebody would go. You're circling. Land that sucker. <laughs> Psalms 36. (laughs) Brother uh, Montrager, I just seen you all back here. (laughs) I would have been dignified if I'd known you was here. (laughs) Not really, I'm lying to you. I don't care whether you're not, I'm going to preach my God. But it's good to see you, amen. All right, look at Psalms 36, verse 7, 8. I'll tell you what, now listen. Put your seatbelt on so you don't shout and act foolish now. 36, go to verse number uh, 7 and 8. Verse 7 and 8. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put to trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be satisfied. That was not, this, this was a mistranslation. It wasn't, it wasn't in, the, in the Hebrew. <laughs> them poor guys have missed all the blessing. Hebrew and Greek and themselves out of the blessing of God. Amen. That's your King James Bible said. Abundantly what? How many satisfied? Satisfied. Amen. I want to tell you something. I'm satisfied. Amen. I tell you, get up from the table. I'm satisfied. Amen. Pass them, pass them beans around one more time. Pass that, pass that chicken over here. You know, I thought about this abundant supply. Jerry Clyer, how many members of the story? Jerry and the chicken. And there's all a bunch of them lead betters on about 12 of them around the kitchen table. And there's a chicken there. There's one leg left. And everybody was trying to be nice and not get that one leg that was left there. And the lights went out. And five people got forks stuck in their hands. <laughs> there wasn't an abundance, amen. Huh? That was our house. That was your house. I don't doubt it. I'd for sure. Listen, when I, went, I met Karen, hadn't been going with her very long. And I'd heard she had a whole bunch of kids. Up. I didn't know how many. It took me five years to learn all their names, you know. Just like here in church. Some of you have been going to church for 30 years. I still don't know who you are. I know you belong to that clan over there, but I'm not sure which one you are. But she invited me over for dinner one evening after Selma. And Brent, I went over, and I said, this big deal. I'm going to go to her house, her parents, her brother and sister. I'm going to make a good impression on them. And I walked in there, and we sat down at the table. And, brother, there was two complete chickens. <laughs> It was abundant. <laughs> and I told Karen, I said, I ain't never been no place in my life had two chickens. She said, if you don't put two chickens down to this family, they ain't none of them going to get all they want, amen. Yeah. 
Did you know God's got three chickens and four chickens and five chickens? He got all the chickens you need. Amen. There ain't going to be no stick in the fork in the hand because there's plenty of chickens there. You ain't going to have to worry about it. Satisfied. I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you abundantly satisfied with the life God's given you? Or has the devil done you like Eve? God's, God's holding out on you. Poor you. Well, bless your heart. You, you don't have 5,000 acres and 3,000 cows. <laughs> Poor Brett. I'd have to hire Jerry. You know, God's not been good to you, Brett. Yeah. I mean, look at the wife you got. Good grief, you know. <laughs> and these kids, what a nuisance they are. I know, right? Yeah. And I tell you, Brett, it's been a hard road for you to hold. You know, the Lord's just not been yeah. good to you. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> game of the devil is to make you not satisfied with what you got. To think that God is holding out on you. You look around see the lost and boy they've got this and they're doing this and 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 the devil makes you think poor me. God's not going to tell you what abundantly satisfied. Well Ephesians 3 14 20 this is an amazing verse to me. Ephesians chapter 3 chapter 3 verse 14 for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Lord, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Amen. Watch this. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, Amen. to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts Amen. by faith, Amen. that you be rooted and grounded in love. Watch this. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and height and to know the love of God. Oh, my soul. The abundance of the love of God. How many has been to God's storehouse for His love? I'm going to tell you something. He does love you. He does love you. And his, there's an abundance of God's love. You can't... It's like the song. Where the ocean, if the ocean was all ink... And the sky was a parchment. And every man had a quill in his hand. And every man was a scribe. You could not write the love of God. Man, I'm going to tell you something. God's love is abundant. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes it humbles me so much to realize how much God has loved me. In spite of who I am. In spite of what I've done. In spite of all things. God's love is abundant. I want you to know something tonight. He loves you with an everlasting love. If you're not saved, don't you listen very carefully. I used to say this a lot when I was preaching evangelistic messages. You may go to hell. And without Christ, you will. But you will never go to hell unloved. You will never go to hell unloved. Did you know the people that are in hell tonight, God loved them? He gave his son for them. The abundant life. I got one left. Go to Second Peter chapter one. I'll tell you what I like this and this near mountain me. They'll make me jump. This near make me jump. Second Peter chapter one verse number eleven. Second Peter chapter one verse number eleven. I mean tell you what when I read this, I studying this, Brother Don Zen. you know, Don Zen's pretty good at, you know, his drill sergeant routine. But It'd be nice to see him shout, except for somebody's birthday. He shout for a birthday, but he won't shout for the glory of God. 
let you have it. Amen. Look at Second Peter, first chapter one. Second Peter, chapter one, verse number eleven. Let, I want us to back up just to get this and, and to comprehend this thing that Peter's writing. Let's go to verse three. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things. Look at this. You talk about abundance that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and patience godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, notice that word abound. They make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Now I want you to look at verse number 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. Do you know what that uh, teaches you? That our entrance into his kingdom is an abundant entrance. We're not just going to barely make it into heaven. Amen. 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 You want something to shout over? There's an abundant entrance. And that abundant entrance is made because Jesus shed his blood for you and I. And the sins all paid, came up from the dead, give us eternal life. And we have an interest, abundant interest. Jesus Christ, the abundant God has given us an abundant interest. Can't, please listen to me. You're not just going to barely make it in by your fingertips. You may think that's spiritual. You may think that that sounds real pious, but it's not true. The only entrance into heaven in the kingdom of God is an abundant in- entrance wow. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope tonight you leave out of sin. Bless God. I used to kind of be worried about whether I'd make it or not. But in Christ, I've got it made. Amen. He is my entrance. You know what he said? I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Yes. I'm going to tell you tonight, we have an abundant entrance into the kingdom of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It ain't, I'm barely going to endure to the end. Bless God. I think he wants you to enjoy it to the end. Amen. Well, I tell you what, let's stand and get out of here. I don't know about you, but you ought, I hope tonight you leave here and say, Lord, it ain't short pickings. It's the abundance of God. The devil's tried to tell you that God ain't taking care of you. He's an abundant God. Amen. He's an abundant God.